0: This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. All right, this is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Podcast. I'm your host, BWI senior writer, Al Castle, back once again with my co-host, Brian Tallman. How's it going, Brian? Very well. Happy to be here as always. Al. All right. And joining us this week, Righteous Reg, back on the show. What's going on, Righteous?
1: Uh, very excited to be back on the show with you guys to talk some professional wrestling. There's always so much going on. There's like a million things going on right now. So, interested. Yeah, very absolutely. <laughs>
0: We got a big, uh, well, I don't know how big, I guess that'll be one of the things we talk about, uh, premium live event. I'm still going to call it pay-per-view. I mean, it's going to yeah. you know, they're calling it pay-per-views for whatever, 40 years. PLE. Like, P-L-E. P-L-E just doesn't roll <laughs> off. Maybe in some ways it, it rolls hit. off the tongue more, but I'm just not used to it. Uh, with Backlash this Saturday in, uh, in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in some ways there's even more focus, I think, about the show after that, Night of Champions. Yeah. And I think uh, it's going to be a lot of discussion here. With, uh, I guess, essentially the return of the brand split, um, a couple nights of uh, the WWE draft wrapping up uh, last night. What, if anything, does it all mean how consequential or not is all this? (laughs) And I guess uh, sort of the bigger picture there is the the creation of another world title. Was it called a second world title? I guess it's a third
2: world title, right? Because
0: Roman's got two of them.
2: Yeah, Um, it's a third for now.
0: Uh, and, uh, I guess we'll share our thoughts on, on all of that. And then maybe also talk, uh, a little AEW and what the hell is going on with CM Punk showing up, (laughs) showing up in every locker room, but, but the one, uh, that he works in. uh, Apparently
1: he played Uno in the impact locker rooms. Is that right? Yeah.
2: (laughs) see, wrestlers used to play cribbage in the back. Now they play Uno. (laughs) It's a new world. It's a new world.
0: And uh, having uh, Reg here, who we hoped to have on the last uh, podcast, and there was some miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Time. So we got to squeeze a little Impact Wrestling into this podcast. We'll talk yes. a little bit um, about Trinity Fatu uh, joining the Impact roster. I think it's a big deal. Uh, but real quick, let's talk about the latest issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It is the boop, boop. June June 2023 uh, issue. Uh, I think for her to say, one of uh, the more talked about covers we've had in a while. Uh, yeah. Because it's real cool. And you know what? When you think about like the history of, of the magazines and how you remember one from the other, it is so much about uh, those covers. And mm-hmm. uh, I think this is one that, that folks will remember a, a throwback uh, with the, uh, the impact, uh, women, the knockouts. Uh, so a lot of fun, a lot of great content in here uh, as well. Uh, Brian, your hot seat interview with Nick Aldis, speaking of uh, impact stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a feature in here about uh, Bray Wyatt and uh, so much more uh, in this issue, head on over to pwi-online.com and pick it up. Whether you are uh, subscribing or you want just the one issue, you can do it all at pwi-online.com. You subscribe, you get a a deep savings over the cover price. It's the way to go. Uh, The new PWI app, customized for your mobile device. It's not just a PDF. Um, It's a real different look and feel. And it uh, gets to you uh, a lot quicker. We are just wrapping up the uh, next issue. And I'm not exactly sure what the uh, on-sale date is. It's probably in here. But in any event, um, you get it a couple of weeks before uh, May 11th. So uh, is when the digital edition comes out of the, uh, the following issue and uh, the print is not out until May 30th, so uh, you get it a few weeks early. It's the way to go. Head on over to pwi-online.com. While you're there, um, you can do all things PWI. You can subscribe to the PWI free weekly newsletter, uh, listen to this podcast, other podcasts, so much more. Uh, Again, pwi-online.com. Let's jump into it, guys. Uh, so, uh, last night was the the second, you know, the draft used to be like a big deal and they, yeah. they treated it. They wanted us to think it was a big deal, mm. but really I'm not going to go through all the, 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 names because really it's it at the end, it really is like, who cares? I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't mean to be that negative about it, but it feels like very little changed. Um, and really mm-hmm. the, um, you know the, the 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 brand split wasn't completely abandoned, but it was very very loose in mm-hmm. the last uh, couple years with guys flowing back and forth. What's more, it seemed to be working. I think that's kind of one of the more puzzling things. Was I mean, you know, it, the whole "if it ain't broke, don't fix it" thing. WWE's been doing great business as of late. Yeah. I think part of that is is being able to have Roman jump. Uh, their, their big star jump between um, the two brands, be the one world champion for both brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to be a, a shift in uh, um, business strategy over there. The return of, uh, at least for now, and this is like the hundredth <laughs> time that, that we've dealt with this. We'll see how long it lasts. Uh, what what they seem to be suggesting is a, a pretty strict uh, a brand split. Mm. And uh, a new world title for uh, the Raw brand, Roman Reigns, staying on on the SmackDown brand. Um, so, uh, Reg, I'll begin with you. From a business approach, uh, what what do you think the logic is here in, in going this route, splitting things up again, and having two world champions?
1: I think, actually, this is probably the best time for them to do this. I heard that they were also discussing bringing back brand uh, PLEs which I think is great in the time that they have peacock and how business is at the moment they needed to have another world champion on raw for a long time this roman reigns just kind of if they were going to do i think it would have worked if it was a wrestler that was here every you know full time and was on both shows all the time being world champion but roman was a part time wrestler that was just on smackdown mostly doing smackdown anchors. and
0: barely on smackdown and
1: barely on smackdown <laughs> yeah. and there weren't any contenders on Raw at all. Everybody just felt like geeks over there because it's like, well, what are you guys fighting for? Nobody's even saying what they want to fight for at this point because they're like, I'm not going to beat Roman. or I'm not even going to have the opportunity to beat Roman. So maybe I'll challenge for the United States championship. And it's like, that doesn't have the same weight. Like that, the the money in the bank briefcase being a part of the United States title also was weird. Them not having the elimination chamber. Like there's so many moments that another world champion was needed. And so I think it was a perfect timing for this. The, I'm nervous already out the gate because you said they're trying the hard brand split. But what's this free agents thing like? Yeah, the, that they're already saying that there could be stipulations or things that could go on top of it to change it. And I'm already like, you guys, like, how could just like do a hard brand split, because I think adding some identity to both shows is going to help i know business doesn't matter they're gonna just wrestlers are gonna be wrestlers wherever but kind of having some identity to both shows i think will be very good for the brand split but like you said it felt like not a lot happened it was there there wasn't any surprises there weren't anything that like we're talking about today like oh i can't believe this person went to this show it's just like oh this person went to this show that's cool
0: but I also wonder, I mean, what would even what would that have been in, mm-hmm. in as much as we're so used to seeing wrestlers uh, on either show? I mean, I, I right. think about when um, John Cena was drafted w- away from SmackDown to, to Raw. This is now mm-hmm. whatever, 15 years ago. And it was a big deal because, yeah. you know, John Cena was synonymous with SmackDown. I don't know. If there are a lot of guys that are, are that way. I guess Roman mm-hmm. sort of because they are used to seeing the bloodline act on SmackDown. But I think that's one of the things that kind of you know um took some of the, the oomph away uh, from the mm-hmm. draft was that it felt like by and large people stayed on the brands that were used to see them seeing them the, the entire bloodline stays on SmackDown. You know, Seth Rollins is is on Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, they did switch the 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 women's uh Bianca going over to SmackDown. Um, and you know, a couple little things here that are kind of noteworthy, but but nothing. Nothing that like knock your socks off, kind of thing. Yeah. But, but Brian, you know, uh, uh, this is a real debate and it's an interesting, uh, a debate because there really are two valid views of this. And, um, uh, Brian, I, th- I think you've talked about liking one world champion for, mm-hmm. for both brands. Uh, but, but Reg brings a good point up that that does leave the other brand kind of hanging a lot of times, especially when, when the champion is mostly on one brand and, and Raw being kind of the flagship show, it is, true that for the better part of whatever it is three years they have not had a a world champion to really kind of hang their hat on week in
2: week out there's a but see i i understand that but there's a lot of other ways that they could have dealt with this like it just seems to me like ever since wrestlemania you know they were on this high and everybody was all excited the triple h era and what does this mean and all Mm -hmm. that stuff it just seems like At least this is my point of view. They've been doing whatever the opposite is of a victory lap, they've been doing (laughs) it It just like a cascading avalanche of one bad decision after another. Mm -hmm. That's like mind-boggling. I get the Roman Reigns thing, you know, that he's hardly ever around. I feel like there were other alternatives. Like Reg, you mentioned the thing with the US title and the Intercontinental Mm -hmm. title. I feel like there was a way, and they almost were trying to do it, to make those titles way more important so that it becomes a thing like where it's like, okay, we know Roman Reigns is the world champion. That's the mountaintop, right? But on Raw, our top title is the US title. On SmackDown, our top title is the IC title, whatever. And then above all that is the universal champion. Like, Mm -hmm. they could have gone that route. They refused to go that route. They could have gone the route. Look, you want to have your two world titles? You want to have your other champion? Triple H is trying to mess with Roman Reigns, right? Because he's ducking everybody and he's not being a good champion and he's cheating and he's doing this and that. Take one of the belts away from (laughs) me. Just say, you know what? You already have two world
0: titles. Yeah. Right.
2: We're stripping you of one because of the way you've defended it, the way you've carried yourself. We're going to take one away from you and we're going to put it up for grabs with this. It's just like, hey, there's this other world title. Like, (laughs) where did it come from? They're sort of hinting that it's supposed to be the old, like, world heavyweight title, but they haven't even really (sighs) made that clear. And that belt was already unified years ago. And, like, I watched... See, this is the thing. Like, this exemplifies for me why I'm so annoyed by this other the way they've handled this other world title. They had Seth Rollins on the show last night, and he's all excited, and he's, like rejoicing that Mm -hmm. there's a new title that he could win because Roman Reigns is ducking him and not giving him a chance. And I'm like, why would he actually want that? Like that makes him look like a loser. (laughs) Yeah. Like it makes him look like, well, I can't beat you, but look, they made this other title that I could win. Isn't that great? Like, it's just like a, finally I get a chance. (laughs) Right. It, It looks like a consolation prize to me. Like, to, there's, to me, like I said, there's so many other ways that they could have ha- handled this. How about this? I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know what Roman Reigns is like to deal with or whatever. How about this? How about you say, tough crap. You're going to be <laughs> on this show more often. We're not asking you to wrestle every week. I don't think the world champion should really be defending very often on Raw or SmackDown. Right. But you got you to gotta show your face. I'm sorry. You mm-hmm. have to show your face. And if you don't want to, we have to take the belts off you. They could have also done that. There were so many different things they could have done other than what they did. Right.
0: Now, all that said, you know, Roman is so hot. And I and I think it it's with Roman, the formula is working, right? So I am reluctant mm-hmm. to put him on TV more and have him work. True. You know, whatever they're doing, it works because Roman does feel like a much, much bigger star. A, special. A, you know, yeah. uh, it, it's Definitely. a gulf between him and number two. And that's – it's sort of a good problem to have, but it is a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially when, as you're talking about, you're creating this other world champion. Even when you look at the contenders, it's like, yeah, I guess Seth Rollins is, uh, you know, (laughs) would be a fine world champion, but he's no Roman Reigns. But when you you create
2: a title out of thin air, that's the thing. It's like whoever wins it, it it just doesn't make them – I mean, look, maybe I'm out of touch. Maybe the average fan doesn't care about this. That's possible. But it doesn't make – them feel like they're anything important like they could just come out every week and just say here's another world title for you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you." like mm -hmm. what does it matter that's why i brought up the thing of like splitting the two because at least even though i'm not crazy about that at least if they do that that other title has some kind of relevance you're like okay this is the wwe championship or this is a universal and you don't mess
0: with that thousand days that they seem so Mm -hmm. concerned about right i mean he would still have the thousand days and
2: because Roman hasn't had both belts for a thousand days, only the universal one. So, right. you know, right. And like, could you imagine? And I'm like, I'm like up at night dreading this, but could you imagine? <laughs> Cause I feel like this is where this is going. If Cody wins that belt. I know uh, that's that, the worst. That's what, they that's might have been burying him in the ground with a shovel at that point. And, and it scenario. was, it
0: was one of the first things that occurred to me. And I think a lot of people watching this is like, Oh, this is how they're going to get the belt Mm-mm. on Cody. Mm-mm. And, um, you know, again, I, I I do think there's a difference between uh, uh, us and and one kind of fan, and then the casual fans that are filling these arenas, right? Uh, for whom they might not care. They might think, yeah, sure, you know, Cody is as the new world heavyweight champion, uh, mm. awesome. But it really is, uh, you know, coming off of WrestleMania and all the disappointment. We've talked about this in the last few episodes, and and how deflating that was. We've talked about how there's a way to salvage this. This is like the worst, worst case, case scenario. I mean, like, uh, I, I can't imagine a worse way to go than to give, uh, create a phony world title and put it on Cody. And that's the, the, the end of the story? I mean, that's the, the at, at in Saudi Arabia? Uh, and
1: the thing that's super concerning about this is after WrestleMania, everyone was saying, exactly as you're saying, They're going to finish the story. They're going to wrap this up. But now, if they're sticking to this brand split, they're on two different brands. How do you tell the story of Cody winning the belt now when he's on a different brand? People are saying, oh, maybe at SummerSlam. How are they going to get him on a different brand at SummerSlam? And also, I think a bad scenario of this is giving Cody the money in the bank briefcase. I don't think that he needs that. I don't think that he needs anything to be a contender for the belt and if they give him this new title it's just going to be so It'd be awful. sad
0: yeah i mean look <laughs> optimistic side of me is um cody does not get this world title i i, I could very much see them doing seth versus cody yeah. in Saudi Arabia for the world yeah. title mm-hmm. seth wins it uh, and the, the point of, uh, keeping them Roman and Cody and separate brands is to keep them apart until the next WrestleMania, you know, Cody wins the rumble again or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, I guess having two world titles, that's maybe one s- small upside is that it, it does create a little more of a question of who could win the the Royal rumble. And that was one fun thing about having uh-huh. two world titles before was that it, it wasn't that clear because they could go a couple different ways. Uh, but you talk about unsatisfying. I mean, if, if, if Cody wins this world title, it'll be just well, and I can't and I, I can't imagine that Cody would be on board for that.
2: No. There, well, there's another there's another theory that people have had, which I don't think is true, but it makes you think if this entire scenario with introducing this third belt. Is just basically like a subterfuge with the idea that if, that Roman is going to win that one too. I kind of love that. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? I, I think that would be hilarious. Be, if they did that, that'd be so I would sick. almost
1: be okay with it. <laughs> if, if that, that rebels, the <laughs> <laughs> they made a Ro- another one so Roman couldn't get it and he just gets it anyways. Yeah. And he that'd he just be crazy. Anyway, because they seem
2: to be all in on like doing everything for this guy. So I wouldn't be terribly surprised if that
1: happened
2: you know one yeah. thing that's
1: also kind of looming over this is always the man brock lesnar because if brock yeah. lesnar becomes that new world champion we're right back to square one i feel
2: right. another part-time <laughs> hey, before they unified it you're right back yes. to where it was <laughs>
0: right right and and another part-timer uh but but that said i mean is it the again in as much as the 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 roman reigns uh Called experiment. It's more 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 than an experiment at this point, but it it works. To you know, it sort of reminds me of um, the 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 days you know pre social media, where mm-hmm. uh, you're a, a big movie star showing up on Johnny Carson was a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Because these guys didn't give interviews. You know, you you didn't see uh, in in Al Pacino or you know whoever you want to go mm-hmm. before that, the Rock Hudsons of the world. Uh, they were elusive. Uh, they didn't and... promote
2: their own movies back then. That was right. Not right. A, the marketing companies hadn't completely taken over by that point. Like you mm. couldn't get those movie stars to go on promotion tours. The big mm. ones didn't right. happen.
0: Now you could tweet at one of them and they might right. respond to you. You know, right. Seriously. It, it's such a change. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that, or, or you know, forget about that comparison. The, the wrestling comparison. You know, Hulk Hogan. You did not see Hulk Hogan on on Superstars of Wrestling. Uh, mm. uh, wrestling every week, maybe. Every three weeks, he might show up on Brother Love or something like that. Um, and if you wanted to see him wrestle, uh, you know, Saturday night's main event every other month uh, or or maybe a, a house show, if it was an A, you know, the, the A show uh, mm-hmm. once every month, and once every six weeks. So there's something for that strategy. So this drive to we need a world champion to be on our brand every week, uh, you know, uh, wrestling, what have you. I don't know that that's a great idea, you know, mm-hmm. and and clearly – they went the opposite route with with Roman, and it's really, really worked. So yeah. is it the worst idea in the world to put the world title on Brock Lesnar, the, the new world title? Yeah. Mm. maybe it is yes <laughs> maybe the, se- the second worst idea the worst being
1: it's worst is Cody. Far away. It's Cody yeah
0: <laughs> yeah. i'll throw bray white into the mix uh, somewhere uh there too Jeez. uh but, <laughs> but, but let's, in, in terms of a a brand split you know uh separate than discussion of the two uh world champions mm-hmm. uh uh what, what do you think about it you know there, there's some thought that maybe this is less WWE's decision than it is um uh, some of the networks uh, involved, mm-hmm. and and I get that, you know, you you want like, I don't know, I mean, you 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 want some stability, you want some, you certainly want a world champion, uh, but what do you think, a uh, Reg, the 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 thinking, the strategy is in returning to the firm brand split?
1: I don't know. Because you talked about
0: uh, uh, maybe different, uh, br- differently branded, yeah, uh, PLEs. You know, that's something, I guess.
1: That's something, but as you've been saying, it's been so mixed up. Like nothing nobody seems like one brand. And yeah. if they're going to go hard to on this next Monday, I'm all in. I'm excited about it. I think they made some really cool choices with like some NXT talent. I think they a couple of the moves that they made from SmackDown to Raw, I think Raw could become a better wrestling show with some of the moves that they made. So that's interesting. But the reason why they're doing it, I have no idea. It just felt like, well, uh, it's after WrestleMania. We did this big thing yeah. with Roman. What's next? Oh, let's do a draft. We usually do one of those. That's kind of what WWE has become. Is like we usually do one of those. It's April. Let's let's this. It's October. Let's do it in, uh, yeah. Hell in the Cell. It's that- June. Let's do a blah blah blah. So it doesn't feel like this was needed. It's just here, and it's exciting question mark i don't know like are people excited about this We feels like they get excited about anything up there at this point <laughs>
2: <laughs> the live crowd they just eat this the the, the current ww crowd they will just eat anything up anything yeah, wild i mean in some ways it helps because i think it's helped cody a lot because the aew yes. fan base was so critical and so snarky and so ready to tear him apart and his presentation has been exactly the same pretty much in mm-hmm. wwe and they love him so i think yeah. it's helped but like all this stuff you're talking about, like where they're just doing things, and you're like, Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. It it starts to make me begin to assume that Triple H's creative control isn't quite as firm as it was, because yeah. he was very much, even when he'd talk and about his like strategies and things, he was against that idea of just doing things for the sake of doing it. He would even bring that up. Like we're not going to do a hell in the cell pay-per-view anymore. I'm not going to do that. We're going to, things are going to make sense. So I start to wonder like if it's Vince or endeavor or whatever, kind of stepping in and not that they're taking over, but that they're like, it's a little bit more of a, like more cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. It's not really his total vision as it might've been in the, the last half of, of 2022, but you know, the brand thing, I was there when they started it. I was mm-hmm. literally there and I was like, I was very vocal. I mean, not that I had any power whatsoever, but I was like, <laughs> what is this? Like, because they, I remember they came to us and they were like, we're doing a brand extension. And this was in 2002. And I was like, what the hell is a brand? And that's what everybody was like, because we were like, what do you mean? And, and we had this whole discussion it's 20 years later, whatever mm-hmm. things have changed. But we were like, the average fan does not even think of WWE as a brand. Right. They, they think of it as like a league, like it's like mm-hmm. a federation, like they don't even it's a brand internally, like from a corporate point of view. Like, why are we putting this in people's faces? Like, this is a brand, like it's just mm-hmm. a brand. It's not like a real thing. Like, and and, and to create this false Like, I still feel this way. Does the average fan even know who, other than the very, very top, like we know, like you said, Roman Reigns is a SmackDown guy. Does the average fan even know what person is on what brand? I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like even though SmackDown these days gets more of a viewership than Raw does, I'm pretty sure that the majority – of weekly WWE fans are watching both shows not yeah. all of them but the majority. Those so like are it. they are they even thinking in those terms like there it's this phony baloney thing of like creating this this rivalry between brands that I think the the people that are most excited about it are the people inside the company like more than <laughs> anybody else. <The> fans <laughs> want compelling angles and storylines, you know, compelling characters, great matches, the idea of these brands is just, it's this force fed thing that we can't mm. get rid of for 20 years. It's like a bad penny that keeps coming back. Yeah. I don't but know. They're, That's they're like, all- you know. There
0: is a business justification to it, right? And and when you you talk about you know twenty years ago and what what the 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 genesis of the idea was was WCW, right? There there, there was a, a point after they bought WCW where the idea right. was we're going to run mm-hmm. two companies separately. Then right. they kind of abandoned that and thought, well, maybe there's a way for us to still do it, but just with. Our own two companies will split up Raw and SmackDown to two different companies, and and you're right that I I think that it's become so sort of like blurred that you don't know who's on on which brand. But that, and, and I'm somewhat being a devil's advocate here. Uh, that's the problem, right? And and I mm-hmm. do think that at its best, when we've seen the the brand split over the last twenty years it has been uh, pretty uh, clear and delineated and, and there certainly was a time where i could tell you who was on raw and who was on smackdown and right. that's why when they would uh, the draft used to be more meaningful because when a john cena moved from smackdown to raw it was like holy crap he's like mr mm-hmm. smackdown and now he's going over to raw so it, it, it's all to say that i think there's a way to do this right and if done right there there could be uh, an upside Business wise, which is running, you know, essentially doubling, um, you know, your, your, I don't want to say doubling your metrics, but uh, r- right now, if you run <laughs> two different house shows on a weekend, right, th- there's going to be the A show and the B show, right, mm-hmm. because you've got so many stars. And if you've got uh, a Cody and whoever on, on one show, then you you don't have that top star on the other show. The idea would be split them up and try to build them both up so there is some parity between uh, the two of them. And um, you know you can run two A shows on on a weekend, or as you, you touched on, you can run two uh, premium live events uh, theoretically in the same month, and it's not overkill because they're really two different companies. So there is a a way to do it. Um, that works it's not lost on me that this comes right after the Endeavor merger and they're looking for Mm -hmm. out-of-the-box ideas on how to like increase revenue you know this sounds potentially like a a Nick Khan kind of Mm -hmm. initiative
2: well I I think the main reason it keeps getting pushed like this and I think you guys hinted at this already is the fact that both shows are on different networks yeah so they're they're jockeying you got usa with nbc and you got fox and they all want they want their show to be special Mm -hmm. when look in a perfect world the 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 smartest thing to do from wwe standpoint not the networks is if you have continuing storylines from monday to friday Mm -hmm. so you you like they used to do you leave people on monday wanting to watch on friday to see right. what's going to happen next. And the shows feed into each other and flow into each other. But that doesn't help the networks because they're only looking at their one show. Mm-hmm. And if their one show is just a continuation of what happened on the other network show, I could see how they'd be kind of annoyed by that. But I think that's the root of the problem. I think if both shows were, on, I don't think I don't see this happening, but if both shows <laughs> were on the same, well, who knows with the, with all this, everything with the,
1: yeah, they have a new thing coming up this year, don't they?
2: Yeah, if both shows were on Fox, if both shows were on USA, or if both shows were just on Peacock or whatever, I I think this whole thing would go away. I really do. I think they would completely not even bother with it anymore if the shows were on the same platform. Mm. Yeah. Uh,
0: l- without going through everybody who was drafted, I, yeah, I, I am don't. interested in... <laughs> are, what are their um, interesting developments, interesting matchups that arise from this split? I mean, now that we have a picture of... Uh, who's where? So, uh, on SmackDown, there's Roman. Who, who does Roman have to work with now? He, he stays with the Bloodline. Bobby Lashley's over there. Yeah. That's a match they've never really done on, on a big scale.
1: Just um, for Lashley over, to lose, that'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, is that,
0: is, is that a viable SummerSlam main event? Maybe. Uh, I think it, it could be, yeah. you know, depending on what, what you do over on uh, a Raw. You've got Cody. You've got, uh, I guess Gunther is going to be one of the top guys over there. Who else is? Uh, uh, again, maybe I should have the list in front of me. But um, <laughs> it does feel like, like, and, and this is just a, a, a largely a product of the bloodline being kept together. And on SmackDown, uh, it does feel like Raw kind of drew the, the 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 short end of the stick, kind of thing. I mean, they've got Cody. and That's kind of the biggest star they have. But it's also like, well, who's going to work with Cody? Seth. You know, oh. I guess they go back to that. Mm -hmm. um and anything uh, jump out at you reg that's sort of like uh, exciting about new matchups or potential for for matchups or feuds that are created here
1: uh probably gunther like you said i think he has the best potential on raw to interact with guys like seth rollins and cody Rhodes and kind of bring another big element to uh to the brand um other than that though it just feels like I think there's going to be some good wrestling because they they've added some NXT people that I think are exceptional at that. And I,
0: I, just to jump in there, I'm not yeah. crazy about the way they did that because I, it sort of defines these people down, right? That yeah. <laughs> they're just sort of like, oh, and uh, you know, it it it's sort of like we'll we'll throw in a couple of NXT people too. So mm-hmm. uh, you get Seth Rollins and you get you know this was and, and we'll throw in Cameron Grimes too. Versus, uh, you know, spending some time doing vignettes of, yeah. of Cameron Grimes and Bill or or, or having him do the surprise run in on one week and have mm-hmm. the, the announcers go, oh that's Cameron Grimes. You know, by definition, the NXT people are the the at the bottom of the draft. They're sort yeah. of the, the the last picks. And uh I don't I I I don't like at all um for, for all these you know young talents I, I don't like this as a way to call them up uh, to the main roster.
1: Yeah it's like there's some things that they could change NXT as a whole. I still think they don't handle it at all. They still like Finn Balor was like this amazing NXT talent. And you still don't know after all these years, they're still not like, well, he did this amazing thing in this place. Cause they just totally forget about it when they get up to the main roster. And I think that's what's going to happen with a lot of these NXT wrestlers. And I think they're going to get lost in the shuffle, especially if Vince McMahon has his hands on this, because he's going to be like, Who's this loser and what are they doing? Who's pretty deadly? I don't care about those two losers, and it's concerning. Definitely off the ring. Didn't Tony D'Angelo have them killed anyway? Like (laughs) they're alive again, baby. Back to SmackDown. Was Braun Breaker called up?
2: I don't think he was. Right? No, no, he
0: was That's wild. I mean, that would have been like the first person you would assume. uh, The the impression that
2: I've gotten over the past year, Mm because I've been on a couple of those like NXT media calls and things. And I actually asked a question once that I think Sean Michaels got a little annoyed at, and I'm a little worried <laughs> because I haven't been invited back. so I gotta figure that out. But the result of what what of what I hear sometimes when his name is brought up, there's the sense I get is that they just feel like there's an issue with getting him ready. Like there's Damn. something about him that they don't feel is ready. Like he's got all the tools, as we know, he's got a great look and all this stuff, but they're just not willing to. uh, I, I, I just can tell that it's like a sticking point issue for them. Like they want him to be ready, but he's not progressing to their liking of what they want to see. Like he's stuck in neutral. Like that may not be something that's apparent to all of us, but to whoever makes these decisions, they're saying he's not quite there yet. And I think that speaks volumes. Like you said, that he wasn't one of the people called up. You would think that he would be.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, Where, you know, with the bloodline staying all together, uh, you know, there was some thought that maybe this is the opportunity to kind of like put this to an end. And, uh, (laughs) but the bloodline stays together. uh, And interestingly, Sammy and Kevin are now on Raw. So Mm. um, after this uh, Saturday's show, with Cody and Kevin and Sammy being on Raw and the Bloodline being on SmackDown, that sounds like it's the end of this, this program uh, for now. Uh, Brian, w- what do you think is next for the Bloodline? Clearly, there's like that uh, attention <laughs> with the Usos and the rest of the Bloodline. Is it some speculation of, of, of a split within the Bloodline that ends up with a program of uh, a Roman and Solo versus the Usos? Does Jay... Finally, break apart and do his own thing where do you think this is going
2: well another thing that i pointed out which has to do with this which i when i was railing against the brand split on twitter was just like the way that the draft will just abruptly end like a feud or, or storyline <laughs> yeah. for no reason like well it's over mm-hmm. there's no more to see here now they're on separate shows you know mm-hmm. nothing more to see as you you know go back to your business and i'm just like what you know it, it's such an odd way to end it I also think there was a missed opportunity there, too, because if you wanted to create intrigue, wouldn't it have been intriguing, especially if they're thinking of getting people to watch both shows? If you split the bloodline, if you put the Usos on the other show and then you create this whole drama where it's like the two sides, they're frustrated, they're stuck on opposite shows, they're trying to communicate back and forth week to week. You're watching each show to see like maybe they try to like dominate both shows together Mm -hmm. as a unit, like something this, it was another safe thing of like, we're not really going to rock the boat or do anything different or status quo. I mean, on the positive side of it, you know, it it does make it easier for them if they want to do uh, an actual like breakup of the bloodline with them all on the same show, if that's where you're headed, where it does kind of seem like that way, like the Usos are being, You know, like Roman is just sort of like treating them now like they're the redheaded stepchildren because they can't get anything done and they can't, Uh. you know, they can't. They're like failing him. So, like, maybe that's the way to go. And maybe this turns out to be something good for the Usos. But um, I don't know. Right now, it it just seems like it was the safe choice to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fascinating that we've got this pay-per-view or, or PLE coming up Saturday, and it really <laughs> is, I don't think it's like the the third or fourth biggest topic even in, in WWE. It really feels like uh, a, kind of an afterthought show like we haven't had in, in a while. I mean, you've got Cody and Brock, which has some, some uh, marquee value, but after that, it just really feels like just thrown together. I mean, this, a six-man tag and kind of the co-main event spot. Like, have um, a lot I mean,
2: Seth Rollins even been on TV together yeah, at the
0: same and, time? Uh, Yeah, EO and um, uh, Bianca. I mean, it just really feels kind of like less interesting than, than some episodes of, of Raw or SmackDown.
1: Seriously. Um, if that was the Cody and Brock go-home angle to what they did, that yeah, pull-apart last night, it's like, that's it? That's where. That's how we're building Which this? they already
2: <laughs> did. It was the second time they did it.
1: Right. right. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, when I was watching uh, last night and they showed clips of it, because uh, I, I wasn't paying that close attention, I assumed that what I was watching was the angle from a couple yeah. weeks ago. Mm-mm. And it was, this is earlier tonight. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? Didn't we, didn't we see this already?
2: And um, I love Adam Pierce. I think Adam Pierce is great, but it's like, great, yeah. basically, all he does now is he's just like, exasperated for like, three hours a week on television, mm-hmm. just like, begging people not to do things that they're going to do Please, anyway. Brock, well, please do not cause goal, destruction. Right, please, please don't do, like, there's no, I don't know, but I like him, but they might want to like, change things up a little bit with him, like, not get rid of, keep him, but change the approach a little bit it's just like why do you even you have to sometimes wonder like think of the segments that he's in and then think if he wasn't there would it be any different than it was (laughs) yeah and a lot of times the answer is no it's like it's like he's a ghost or something i don't know that's just me nitpicking but yeah
0: yeah so uh over on the other channel and and i think it is interesting how this all works together because as, as you touched on WWE had all this momentum going into WrestleMania, and it feels like right after WrestleMania, they really kind of hit the brakes and, you know, making some kind of questionable decisions. Meanwhile, AEW seems to be kind of like really loading up with uh, the Wembley show all in uh, the return of CM Punk uh, in as much as it it seems to be like a a done deal, the creation of this new Saturday show. Let's talk a little bit about Punk and uh, again, you know, he showed up on a, a WWE sh- uh, show some weeks back and had to be kicked <laughs> out, uh, and then uh, over this past weekend shows up on on Impact. Um, Reg, how much of this is you know th- th- there are the folks to say you know this is that unusual a wrestler showing up and saying hi to old friends mm-hmm. and you know th- this is something you see in wrestling. I think it's a little disingenuous given that this is CM Punk and, yeah. and he, he hasn't done that in the better part of whatever the last eight years. And mm-hmm. now he's, um, uh, I guess, negotiating a return to, to AEW and we haven't, you know, and, and he leaves there under these very hostile circumstances. And all of a sudden now he decides to check in on old friends and WWE and, and mm-hmm. impact. Uh, what do you think is going on here?
1: this is hilarious those things were in the same week he was at raw on monday and then at impact on saturday so it's like this isn't just like you said this is normal wrestlers are there's uh wrestlers that are married and wwe and AEW. they they're mingling there's co-mingling but cm punk co-mingling is not normal him being at a wwe show and an impact show in the same week is for a reason He's out there doing something. He's building a narrative for himself, and he's trying to show that he can play ball in any kind. Co- look, I'm in WWE. I, I I, said I hated them, but look, I'm over here having a good time. Look, I'm back in Impact having a good time with all these new people to show the people in AEW I could play ball. I'm good. People like me over here. I'm playing Uno in the back with these wrestlers. I'm shaking hands and kissing babies. Everything's fine with me. It's a ploy to make sure everybody knows that he's good, he's ready to come back to work, and he's having a good time. I like it. I'm into it. I think it's hilarious that he showed up in WWE backstage with Tamina. Like he went through a cell phone. like, who do I know that works there? <laughs> Tamina? Hey, Tamina, wh- what's up? Wouldn't it be cool if I came to work with you today? It's Is great. Is she it's the amazing. one that brought him back there? I didn't know it was specific. Yeah, yeah. There. He came wow. with Tamina. The video, so they have random. like a video of him outside. Well, because Tamina, they were both but... also
2: at Impact, too. Because Right, exactly. She was there for Trinity. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that she was the one that helped him get backstage at RAW. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I knew that he was brought back there by WWE talent. I didn't know mm-hmm. specifically who. Do you also think it could partly be his like subtle, not so subtle way of of almost <laughs> saying like, if you guys can't work it out with me and we can't all play nice, I have a lot of other options. Like, could that be part yeah. of it too? I would think so.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's also the thought I've heard that he's trying to get fired. This is this is him being kind of <laughs> uh, uh, deliberately sort of, I don't know what, what the word is. I mean, hostile to to his employer and, you know, doing so things. He the wrong
2: I thought that what I had, my understanding was that he was the party that was more in favor of working mm-hmm. things out and coming back. I mean, at mm-hmm. least that's the way it's been portrayed and that the elite guys were the ones that were having more of trouble burying the hatchet. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, maybe that's not true. Who knows?
0: If if you're Tony Khan, how do you feel about that? About uh, uh, CM Punk, uh, who I guess word is you're going to build this new show around um, is ostensibly with, without your permission or, 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 or I don't know how much he needs permission, but without your blessing or, or even a heads up, just showing up at at all these shows, um, and and you know what? There's already like this uh, th- this idea, this reputation of of, of punk kind of emasculating uh, Tony Khan at every corner. Uh, Reg, would you be annoyed by this if you're him?
1: No, because if no. anything, this is building for him. Like if anything, the story was an AEW wrestlers was backstage at WWE, and AEW wrestler was backstage at Impact Wrestling and everybody's thinking what's this AEW wrestler going to be? The resolution is we see CM Punk back on your TV show and everybody has interest in seeing it. It's a win-win for you. I don't like I think the 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 brawl out and the press conference that did make Tony Khan look like, "Uh, oh, that's kind of interesting that this guy's talking like that right next to you." But other than that, it's like you know what it took to get CM Punk? It was 7-8 years. It took a lot to get this man uh, back. I don't think there's anything that he could do at this point to get fired. Like, you showing up at Impact, I don't care about that, dude. You showing up at WWE, that's weird, but like, also, I don't care. I, I wouldn't care about all this stuff because you're coming back to wrestle on my show at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. You know, we just talked so much about the, the, the brand split on WWE, and it sounds like <laughs> there may be a brand split on, on AEW <laughs> driven Silly. in part by keeping CM Punk away from. Um, you know the elements in AEW locker room that don't like him. That they're going to build a whole <laughs> show around him. Uh, of, I mean, that sounds crazy to me, Brian. I mean, it's like uh, this is not the way you 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 want run a uh, a wrestling uh, roster. Like, well, if you can't get along, then just stay in in separate parts of the house or something like that.
1: Would they have um, done this in Memphis, Brian? Yeah, it's just, it's wacky. How do you, they think- actually had
2: a weird brand split down there when they, when they took over world class, which failed <laughs> like all brand splits do. Exactly. No, so, so, but I, I mean, it, it's, I don't know how to, I mean, t- look, we, you also can't make the mistake. We've talked about this of, of, you know, Tony Khan is not Vince McMahon. Tony Khan is yeah. not triple H they're very different people they have very different approaches to things very different strategies like you know look i don't think that what what happened at at all out uh would be a very different scenario if somebody tried to pull that in wwe and, mm-hmm. and just but i do think that punk has a has tried i don't know whether he's trying to or not but it seems like the things he does almost are intended to to make Tony Khan look weak, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that Tony Khan sees it that way. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, I I don't think these things bother him as much as they bother a lot of other people. But again, you do run the risk of 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 having a situation where it's like the inmates are running the asylum. Like Mm -hmm. you can't. At the end of the day, you do have to exert some kind of authority and say, like, look, you guys work for me, and we have to work this out, and I'm the final word in this and like when you have things like sometimes there's things that happen i don't even think it happens so much with aew that it's almost like we're numb to it and we're just like every day there's something new but like even the idea that kenny omega is going out there saying like my contract is up in a few months or whenever it is and at that point i don't know what i'm gonna do and i'm reading that and i'm going like you're the EVP of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're not just a wrestler there. Like, even if you're thinking that that's, you know, we know what Cody did and everything to just come out and say that. And to think like, there's not going to be any repercussions, which mm-hmm. there aren't, it just creates a weird environment over there. Like, I don't know. You know but again, like I've spoken to people and Reg, you'd know better than any of us here. I've spoken to people who have told me that granted this was, not that recently, but they mm-hmm. told me that the environment, you know, backstage at AEW is way healthier and less toxic than yeah. it is at WWE. So there's something to be said for that, too. I mean, he must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. But but again, like, I don't know how much that's changed in, like, say, the past year, because then you you see things like look at John Moxley on his on Renee's podcast. I'm listening to that going like, holy cow, like, mm-hmm. what? Wow, just the fact that. He's he's comfortable even just airing all that and saying it out loud on a on a podcast is wild to me, you know? I, like I do start to think like there must be a lot of dysfunction creeping in over
1: there. Or like Dax is on his podcast too spilling a bunch of stuff that right. maybe we shouldn't be saying.
2: <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a ton of documentaries that are made like in years to come that will explain all of this better mm. than what we what we know now. Right
0: and and for better or for worse that all falls back on on Tony Khan right and and it paints this yeah. impression of of a guy who is not managing his company well that people would be so openly I don't know if it's disrespectful but 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 not even giving any regard to how this might look how the boss might uh, think about this that's uh, the thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, a bad look. Uh, so either way, they got the big show coming out uh, all in in Wembley. Uh, Reg, before we started recording, you talked about, uh, I guess, some some early uh, ticket sales. Mm-hmm. And there are signs uh, that this may do really well. I know there were like 60,000 registrations, I guess. Mm-hmm. To, that's not necessarily 60,000 tickets sold. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, h- how optimistic are you that they're going to have a really good looking house for, for that event?
1: I'm pretty optimistic that they're going to get pretty close to, I think they could get to 50,000 people in that building. I think there's a lot of excitement over in the UK, just in general to see an AEW show. And there's a lot of talk online about people saying that there's two sides of it. There's people saying that they should load it with UK talent kind of people that, you know, but then there's the other side that are like, no, we want AEW. I want to see Kenny yeah. Omega. I want to see MJF. I want to see CM Punk question mark possibly. And so I'm more on the that, like they want to see the big main event should be like Kenny Omega versus somebody to show that AEW is going to do this. But I think there's a lot of general excitement. People online today are excited about the release. A lot of people trying to get tickets today. Uh, people in queues for hours and things. So there's some general excitement. I think when the real on sale goes on, it'll show us exactly what this is going to lead to. But I think this is great all around. I don't think there's any, situation where they're gonna have a bad turnout like there's a ten thousand people showed up guys were screwed i don't think yeah. that will be an opportunity to happen here so i'm excited about it
0: yeah timing wise it feels like they really need this right i mean mm-hmm. uh, uh, for so long the narrative has been like they're really falling behind and you look at some of these tv viewership figures particularly for like rampage where yeah. uh i mean these are just awful numbers that they do uh-huh. uh, on some weeks and it uh, they're really falling behind in terms of being that that number two, you know, competition for WWE. It feels so removed from like that Wednesday Night War. Um, mm-hmm. It it really feels like WWE is sort of the the definitive dominant number one, and there's this big gap to AEW, putting sixty thousand people in in Wembley Stadium if that's what it ends up being, uh, and loading it up and and having the well, we'll see how SummerSlam does, but one of the biggest wrestling shows. Um, of the summer, could go a long way, right, Brian? In yeah. terms of of uh, of, you know, kind of reclaiming that credibility and that momentum,
2: especially if they do what we were talking about, I think last time, uh, in terms of like you get Punk back and you do Punk versus the Elite, you know, mm-hmm. punk, you know, e- either Punk versus Omega and FTR versus Young Bucks, or you, mm-hmm. you put them all together, something like that. Like, that is the way to go. And and to the point where, like we've said too, it almost makes me think you wouldn't have even have booked a show like this if you didn't have something yeah. like that in mind. Totally. Like, how could they go ahead and do this if it's just going to be like a regular show? It feels like they must have something special. And I agree with you, Reg, that you want, you want your big guns. You want, like, the best of the best. Because that's what fans expect. You know, mm-hmm. like w- what would happen on these WWE international tours where they would try to do that? The fans would boo. They would reject it. Like, you know, no, really, because <laughs> yeah. like they go to, they'd go to China and they'd and they'd find like their NXT guys who are Chinese or, or girls and and people would boo because they they want to see like we want the stars. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the thing with Wembley and SummerSlam, like Davy Boy Smith, you know, that was a very unique thing where you had a WWF star who had a unique connection with the UK and that Mm. was with UK fans. And that was built in already. AEW doesn't really have a scenario like that. Right. So, so you don't want to like force it just by making it a bunch of, of UK wrestlers without any rhyme or reason. So I think the way to go is it's got to be as special of a show as you could possibly put together Mm. because um, yeah, I mean that would help them to really get a lot of buzz back and to really remind everybody, hey, we're still in this thing. Like, we're mm-hmm. still a viable alternative and help them get some of that vibe back, you know, that fans lo- loved about them, still do, and want to love about them.
0: Yeah, I, I really do think, like, what they book on that show really is going to be a testament to if they know what they're doing, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I think there, there's part of me that thinks that, um, you know, knowing the way Tony Khan is... He's just going to think work rate for that show. So I'm going to I'm going to even if it's not super marquee value, I'm going to put on a match. You know, the main event's going to be whatever (laughs) Will Ospreay and and Kenny Omega or something (laughs) like that. And it's going to be seven stars or something Mm -hmm. like that. And sort of like missing the big picture, which is, uh, you know, what is on paper on on the marquee? What is the big match that you could sell? Clearly, it's punk. And somebody from mm-hmm. from the elite. I mean, I do think it's probably Punk and, and Omega. Um, and, and uh, you know, certainly all these stories that have unfolded over the last few weeks shows that at least he's walking in that direction. It sounds like it's going to take some buy in from the roster and a lot of people who just don't like CM Punk and, and don't want to work
2: with him. The interesting thing is I think the worst real life beef seems to actually be between Punk and Hangman Adam Page. Mm. But I do think that, you know, Omega is the bigger name, the bigger star. And he's attached to the elite and they were legitimately fighting each other in the locker Mm. room. So it's a great, you know, that that also has a lot of a lot of juice to it. Like I said before, I think worst case scenario, and this isn't a knock on MJF, but I think like your plan B is to do Punk and MJF for the world title. There's some history there. We know I that. I like that. I know. I, I didn't say it was number one. I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> because we know that there is, there is also some real life stuff going on between the two of them. And we also know that the original plan was. That the, the passing of the torch thing would be mm-hmm. not Moxley, but it was supposed to be punk and that whole yeah. thing got screwed up. So you could build something on that. But like I said, that's only if they can't make everybody play nice for, you know, punk versus the elite. That is only that is like your plan B. You know, dude,
1: Tony I, Khan needs to go in the locker room and say, get it together. It's pro wrestling. People that's have died not him, right? Still outside, dude.
0: Yeah, that's that's not him. You know, and yeah. and I think that's one of the, the frustrations is that, um, you know, he, he is it, it it is both the selling point and kind of like the the um, the, the downside of, of Tony Khan and AW is that he is the super fan. Right. Yeah. And uh, so he kind of views everything uh, through that lens. And I think it it takes away some of the the authority. um, but it also has, you know, he has this kind of like this jubilant sort of like approach to wrestling, which which is cool. It's fun. um but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, the other thing that that happens and we've talked about this a little bit is like, it's really becoming a parody with, with the big announcements right the, yeah uh, the, the the major announcement now it's almost every week and <laughs> yeah. um triple h, know, h it, did it they
1: did they had triple they h do it h it. <laughs> it almost felt but like they were making legit. fun of I think it he did two in a row too yeah. triple h. But,
0: but i but mean I this last one was was you know the owen hart memorial tournament being in in canada i mean it was you know the ultimate kind of like
2: yeah. you know also, uh
0: with, with all due respect, I mean, that's just not that big a deal. With
2: yeah. the locker room, you know, with, with getting everybody to, to work together too, part of me is also like, it's time to move on with the, like, it. Like, this happened in September. Over. How bad, it's easy for me to say, I'm a writer, you know, I couldn't mm-hmm. win a fight with a paper bag. Okay, fine, <laughs> great. I chipped my ankle just getting into the WWE ring one time, okay? So it's easy for me to say, but locker room fight. Happened, this isn't All the, the first time. time that wrestlers have gotten into really. a fight, and the fight wasn't even that bad from the description of it. It sounds right. like the dog got hurt worse than anybody <laughs> in the fight. So, yes. at this point, you gotta move on. It was September, what, what yeah. are we doing?
0: Well, yeah. devil's advocate, uh, um, it, it's not just about that fight, it's about CM Punk, right? I mean, that fight was. The, the boiling over point right, right. that's right. Point was, point there was a lot leading up to that yeah. yeah it's that there is this guy that um i i think a lot of the roster just feels is a, a cancer to the locker room and, and and a guy who just doesn't fit with what we're doing and doesn't have the right intentions and shouldn't be here uh and and i understand that and and whether you know it ended up in fisticuffs or or not i think there's and and maybe you know some 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 people need to be uh, uh grown ups about this but I think a lot of people just see and and they're not just like these young kids. I mean doesn't uh, hasn't Jericho expressed that he's got some real problems with punk too yeah. so I mean there are veteran mm. guys who see punk and just see a guy who who doesn't have good intentions who is not a good fit here and don't think he has any business being part of this you know that they're, they're kumbaya and then we've got yeah. this one guy who sticks out.
1: But it's like you know. look Hogan was an awful person. A lot of people say that But he made so much money. Like, I'm, Bret Hart expressed his interest in hating Hogan so often. But Hogan was making a lot of money inside of him, too, helping get these big houses. CM Punk's the same way. I'm sure you guys hate CM Punk, but the fans don't care about any of this. The fans don't care that you guys had a fight. The fans don't care that you guys don't like each other. They care about seeing the elite. They care about seeing CM Punk on their TVs. That's how they're going to go to these shows. They don't care about what's happening backstage. We're talking about all this online, but there's people that have moved on genuinely or never even cared in the first place about this fight. And I think that those are the people that are hurt the most by this because it's like they're not trying to tell the story on their reality show. The Young Bucks, every time they bring it up, are like, we don't want to talk about it. It was a black eye on our career. Please don't even mention it. So it's like you're not telling these people who have no idea what's going on what the story is and they don't care so let's all not care because i don't care
2: but i I, I think there's a segment of fans who who aren't always following everything online or on twitter who to those fans and i've even i've talked to fans like this like at shows and things who still are fuzzy on what even happened like all Mm. they know is all of a sudden those guys were off tv and there never really was of an explanation on TV, their titles were taken away. And so you still have a segment of fans who maybe they have a vague notion, but Mm. they don't know as much as people think. And it's caused a lot of confusion. And I think that also may um, have driven some people away. But but my my perspective, if I could give my old school wrestling (laughs) perspective on this, this is my brand, right? But like, here's the thing. What what they would do in a scenario like this, I understand these guys can't get along. Maybe Punk is a locker room cancer. Who knows? Maybe he is the modern-day Kevin Nash. Who knows? But you you don't leave money on the table. So what they would do in a scenario like that is they would say, we're not going to leave this match on the table and walk away. There's a lot of money to be made. There's a lot we could do here. We could advance a lot of people's careers. We're going to do this. And but we're not gonna invite you back, like that mm. kind of a thing. We're not so like a short-term plan, there, there's a there's a potential here to do something really special for the company. It doesn't mean punk needs to be there forever mm. and work with everybody forever. If you want to do this big angle, stick around for a little bit and then ride off into the sunset, more power to you. But it would be dumb not to try to capitalize on it at least in the short term, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What I'm not
0: convinced of is that uh, a Punk will mean as much as he did when when he came in uh, a couple of years ago and was clearly a, a ratings draw. And at the time, you know, the the AEW uh, uh, a fan base—I mean, the really hardcore fans—I think they saw it as, yeah, you know, we won. We got Punk back, right? This guy that WWE mm-hmm. cast aside and has been out of the wrestling business for eight years—he's uh, ours now. And now, I think. Uh uh, you know, when I think about the way they treated Cody toward the end, um, it, it is kind of cultish almost in a way. And I think in the, the narrative of the, the hardcore AW fans, CM Punk is the enemy, right? I mean, he he ruined everything, he betrayed our, our beloved elite and, and all that. So I don't know so so that does speak to what you're saying in some money in a, a marquee match where he gets his comeuppance, but if the plan is um just, you know, maybe do that match, but also build a brand around CM Punk week in, week out as your your star. That's a problem. I don't know, I don't really? know how how fans um, yeah. accept him. You know, I, I don't right. know if he's going to be welcomed back, you know, so we'll see. Uh, a, a few minutes here left. I didn't want to touch on Trinity, Trinity Fatu coming over to, to Impact Wrestling. You know, they had their own major announcement and that was it. And I think <laughs> by Impact standards, it was a, you know, it was a good payoff. That is a major announcement um, for them. Uh, uh, Reg, what do you think about this fit? I can, you know, uh, it, it's the big fish, small pond kind of thing. She gets mm. to go over there and instantly be one of the biggest stars yeah. in the company. What's it worth in a company the size of of Impact? I mean, how much real growth is it uh, for her? And yeah. I and I I kind of feel for her because I feel like uh, she really kind of got a, a raw deal here. I mean, she she left WWE showing a uh, uh, a unity to to Sasha. Um, and sticking by her, you know, by all accounts, this was more Sasha's fight than than hers. And um, Sasha ends up the hot commodity gets. Um, I, I don't know the the figures, but it sounds like a, a pretty decent contract to, to work over in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they tell Trinity, eh, we really don't have room for you. And mm-hmm. she ends up on impact. You know, I, how, how did this all work out for her?
1: Uh, thankfully impact has one of the best women's divisions in all of pro wrestling. And I think, um, what Trinity is trying to show post WWE is that they made a big mistake over there. Even if this is, you know, even if Mercedes was a big part of this, she was still, uh, left in peril and a lot of times and and put in positions or not put in positions that she should have been put in. People kind of have this perception of her as, a dancer or she was part of the Funkadactyl. She was this thing. She was on Total Divas. And I think she wants to now show that, no, I can go. I can wrestle. I can really do this. And Impact has a tremendous amount of very talented ladies that I think are going to put Trinity in a position to show the whole world that she's one of the best. And this could always, Impact is not final for anybody. This is the way that you go. You show what you can do. And then that's going to lead to something, and I think that's what this is going to be. She's going to go in here, make a big splash, and then move on to something greater, which I'm excited about.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that she didn't end up back in WWE, especially once you know the the whole Sasha thing was squared away. She ended up where she ended up, um, and I don't know what what the the backroom dealings were there, but her husband works there. Her husband's part of <laughs> one of the biggest acts in in the company. I always True. thought she'd be a really good fit in in the bloodline that they could yeah. use like a strong woman in there. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, as you touched on, maybe it's just temporary passing through. You put in your year in impact and impact, and end up back in, in WWE. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, O'Brien, uh, it's you know who who gains more here, Trinity or or Impact?
2: <laughs> How is that even a question? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Definitely
0: you know, as impact. as Reg said, you know the the, the upside for her, what's in it for her is. A platform to mm-hmm. to be you know it, it's kind of like that nick aldis thing it it, it is yeah. um, a smaller stage to show that you could be a big player and mm-hmm. she might not get that opportunity anywhere else
2: yeah i mean look as far as the thing with mercedes with sasha look everybody knew that sasha mercedes is the bigger star of the two mm-hmm. you know so like it shouldn't be that surprising that you know, she would have a luckier go of it, not luck, but I mean, you know, just, she would do better outside of WWE because when, even when they left, like she was more the one that everybody was talking about. Yeah. Um, And, and, and the one that you would think that WWE would fight harder uh to get back. So, I mean, all things considered, I think it's not that bad. I mean, she's, you know, she's in, She's visible now. She's in, like Reg said, a great women's division. She's probably going to get the title. There's going to be some interesting matches. I've always felt WWE didn't use her enough to her potential.
1: Mm-hmm. So to
2: see her in there with people like Diana Perazzo and Jordan Grace, yeah. like that, that's fascinating to me. Those are like mm-hmm. really interesting matches that you never thought you would see. So I mean, that's the bright side of it. And then maybe she does eventually go back or go to AEW. Who knows? As long as she is not. In the NWA, dancing with Tyrus, I would be
1: really happy. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. that would yeah. be
2: that would be the ultimate Ooh. awful, you know, kind of trajectory. Hopefully. I, mm. I think
0: between uh, uh, Aldis and Trinity, um, those are the the two biggest pickups that Impact uh, could get because yeah, they're they're both unique in that uh, super huge upside that hasn't mm. been fully realized yet, um, name value, but also for whatever reasons wouldn't work as well anywhere else right now you right know? and on impact that they both get to go over there you know when you look ahead now to bound for glory those are two marquee matches that they could mm-hmm. have you know uh, uh Aldis challenging for the world title and trinity challenging for the for the world title are uh, a huge number one and number two matchup for them um so we'll see i also think there is a way where trinity ends up doing better than Sasha does I you know I haven't heard Sasha or, or Mercedes setting the world on fire you know and I think some of what she's done for uh a casual fans that you know aren't that familiar with with stardom or what have you they see it as kind of low rent and and they they see her in in you know what look like some kind of rink eating press conferences and putting over some women that they've never heard of and thinking wow Sasha really you know uh, kind of crap the bed here. Uh it, whether that's true or not, I think that's the perception by some mm. casual fans where Trinity uh again, I think can go to impact, uh, show that she could work with some of the best women in the world and then is a hot commodity that WWE could very much want back, I would think, mm. and and position uh and, and come in as part of one of the hottest acts in, in all of wrestling. So when this is all said and done, I think there's a way where where Trinity comes up comes out above uh Mercedes.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think it's possible, especially with uh, the volume that Trinity's going to work. She's going to work way more often than yeah. than Mercedes is. We're just going to see her out here doing more. She's already had a couple matches, or there's matches planned in Impact. There's already things going. There's already in motion, and she's just going to be more visible. I f- I do feel like th- some casual fans will probably m- look at Impact as higher. Then stardom, sure, or what Mercedes is doing in Japan just because they don't even know about Japan, they don't know they don't know about what's going on. There. They know they about it, yeah. I mean, right.
0: unless you're, you're following super closely, you haven't seen Sasha Banks in mm-hmm. whatever it's been a, a year or more now, right. And I don't think,
2: yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm, I'm being naive or giving too much credit, but I also think you know, with the whole Usos thing and the bloodline and everything, you would think that Roman Reigns, you know, would have enough stroke in the Mm -hmm. company to possibly even advocate for her coming back and saying you know what i mean Uh, i mean she's part of the family i mean again i might be giving him too much credit in terms of what what influence he has but but i feel like maybe the one who's burned the bridge more might might actually be mercedes even though she was the bigger star for them than naomi was so uh, yeah i mean Mm -hmm. anything could happen
0: and I think it would be a really good idea to, to, you know, you think about what's next for the bloodline. This is um, one thing that, that they haven't had is a powerful woman in there and you see how that's helped judgment day where Rhea really is the star of, of judgment day. Right. Yeah, um, yes. And it, it lets you take that angle into the women's division. Uh, imagine the bloodline being represented in, in the women's division. I think that could, could really work. So um, who knows? It sounds like it's going to be at least a, a ways away. I don't know how long Trinity signed for, for impact, but um, Know, maybe maybe this is some early steps to getting there. All right, guys, uh, thanks so much for uh, everything. Uh, Reg, anything you, you want to promote? I know you were very active on uh, social media, Twitter.
1: Yeah, uh, Twitter, I'd say tweets a lot, and people get upset about them. But I'm just, <laughs> you know, talking and being myself. Uh, you can catch me every Saturday, Grabsity Podcast on the Fightful Network. also do Ask Grabsity every Thursday. And on Thursdays, I also do the uh, ROH Post Show on Fightful and Wednesdays, indeed, on Fightful. So I have a lot of podcasts. If you want to hear me talk independent wrestling or Ring of Honor or all the other wrestling, you could find me somewhere.
0: Excellent. And uh, it's at Righteous Reg, right? I think at Righteous it, uh, Reg. Crawling
1: uh, at the bottom mm-hmm.
0: there. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and Brian, I know you always got a lot going on. You got your own podcast uh, as well outside of here. You've got books. You've got everything else.
1: New books, right?
2: That's right. I've got well my superheroes book. It's not wrestling related, but it just mm-hmm. came out and I almost feel like I don't talk about it enough because I never shut up about wrestling. <laughs> but I have a new book on the history of superheroes that's out now and um the it's called Superheroes: The History of a Pop Culture Phenomenon from Ant-Man to Zorro. That's mm-hmm. the title. And and but the Gorilla Monsoon book is in the works, Irresistible Force, still kind of getting the wheels going on that. My podcast is Shut Up and Wrestle, which actually I just had Bob Smith, who was a former PWI mm-hmm. columnist for years, especially, I, you know, I remember reading his stuff when I was a kid. I, I had him as a guest, and my next episode is going to have Jenard Soley, who's the son of Gordon Soley. So oh, It's, wow. it's my um, old school corner of the wrestling podcast world for people that want to check it out. Shut Up and Wrestle, SUAWpod.com.
0: I was reading your book in church the other day. <laughs> oh, <no>. oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Snuck it in
0: uh, to get that's on uh, to, you, to not me. me. You. <laughs> yeah. it may or may not be a sin. Which was um, the all right, guys.
2: One? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, this yeah, even I to, worse. I had oh, to keep the,
0: the cover covered up. Yeah. So <laughs> Definitely. I make it look like the uh, what they call it, the missile. Um, okay, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We will be back soon.
2: All right. Thank you.